I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. The Devil's Advocates of Sports Talk Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to the final episode of season one on the Ginger and Dutch podcast, episode 36. Well done, well done, Dutch. Well, I'm excited. Well done. We got a couple cool guests uh, today is the final day. Uh, yeah, we got some cool 12 days of Christmas coming up that you're uh, going to start sharing shortly. So uh, this is great. It's great. Things are good. Winding down at the golf course and uh, looking for some holiday time. That's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, flown by, hasn't it? It's been an uh, absolute blast. Thanks to all of our special guests. Quite the list that we've uh, yeah. compiled here of, of some guests along the way here in 36 episodes and a couple more absolute beauties today. So... It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. A uh, pleasure doing it with you. Um, I've enjoyed it. And I'd like to think that we've been rocking and rolling and we get better and better. And uh, hopefully our listeners are uh, are enjoying it too. Uh, we're starting to get a pretty good following. So what do we got on the slate today? I know we got a couple things, but why don't we whip off a few uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, mentions here. Let's start off with our, our intro as we usually do. And we'll whip through a couple quick topics here, but start off with the MLS. Columbus yeah. crew uh, taking down the championship. The MLS Cup. Yeah, one of the original franchises. Uh, it was nice to see them. I mean, and nice to see some goals for a change, right? Three zip. Uh, they took care of business. Uh, I thought it was going to be a, one of those snooze fests, but it was actually quite an entertaining game. So congratulations to the Columbus crew. They, uh, they, they did a great job. Their coaching staff is phenomenal. And the Seattle Sounders still can't seem to uh, win the big one. I know they've won one before, but yeah, they're, uh, they may be the Buffalo Bills of the, uh, the MLS here. Yeah, four. What is that? Four championships in five years, and only one. Only uh, one, one title. Only one title. Yeah. yeah, only one title. Only one title. But they'll be back. They'll be back again. They're they're set up well, and um, don't be surprised if we see them in the another championship run in years to come. Here. And they'll be they'll be the first sport of the of the you know they're not like the major major, but they'll be the first sport that that gets back to kind of a normal schedule uh next year they'll probably start when they're really supposed to start for their their uh for their schedule next year if i'm not mistaken because i still think baseball is going to be run a little bit late but yeah it'll be interesting to see uh what happens but yeah you'd have to think by then with uh with the vaccine coming out and and now everybody over a year into this whole covid world and sporting events and all that stuff that they'll be able to get that started on time yep they'll have some issues and some contingency plans for uh, these Canadian teams, obviously, as to where they're going to locate them. But yeah. they've already done it once, so they'll be able to do it again pretty seamlessly. Yeah. So what about uh, NBA preseason? You know, it started. Uh, our Raptors are back. They've had two uh, quick games against Charlotte. Uh, the, the rookie looks good. The, Mal- Malachi Flynn? Oh, boy, man. I told you he was no, going to be good. Don't get no, carried away. No, I'm not. I'm not getting carried away. But I, I think he's going to be a good replacement, like I said to you all along. And I was talking to my uh, my good buddy Lamberti about this, and we were talking about it. He's going to be a good backup when Lowry's gone. And um, it, it'll be nice to see. What I do like is uh, it was 
awesome to see Kevin Durant back on the floor. Um, you're still not seeing most of the big guns, although Giannis played last uh, last night, which we're going to talk about him because something just big happened, which you want to tell the listeners. But still no big guns like uh, LeBron hasn't played yet. Uh, AD hasn't played yet. Lowry hasn't played yet. A bunch of these guys haven't played. And they only have, I think, one more preseason game. And then they're, they're re- ready to rock and roll here. Yep. Yeah, we're T-minus one week away from the start of the NBA season here. So, uh, yeah, not much time left for these guys to get in. But they're going to ease into it. They'll ease into it for sure. Interesting, the NBA uh, with their uh, new policy in regards to uh, (laughs) timeshare or whatever you want to call it. uh, In regards to minutes played and all that stuff. Not a big fan of that. The old Kawhi Leonard rule. Big fines, load management. That's what. Yeah. I, that's the term. I'm load man- for. Big fines. Big fines. They're gonna. They're gonna prevent them from doing it on big primetime games, because it's all about the Benjamins. It, it, it's that's really what it comes down to. They want to stop these guys from playing, from sitting on a on a big, you know, TNT game of the week um, or any of these big. Uh, whether it would be Christmas in years past, th- those types of games or those primetime games. They they just they're making them play. But how are they going to do that? I don't know, man. How are they going to how are they going to enforce this? Fake fake an injury. That's right. I got a sore ankle. I can't play. Like it's bullshit. Look at the NFL. Yeah. Right? The guy, guy's running off the field. Always oh, got an injury, and then you see him after the the commercial because the you know they go to commercial. It comes back, and he's smiling and laughing and giggling on the sidelines, yep. going, "Ha ah, ha, ref, I got gotcha. you. Yep. I just saved a five yard penalty. I don't I think know. It was like the Colts game or something like yep. that a couple weeks ago. Yep. I don't know how they're going to so do it. I don't it, know. it. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. It's, Greg Popovich is going to find a way around it, as he always do, sure does. He does. And they also threw coaches. out the marijuana, uh, the marijuana rule too. I heard too. I don't know all of it, so I don't want to get into it. But they kind of threw that out. I don't think they're doing testing for it. For uh, so Tracy McGrady can come back into the league. Because... I don't think they were ever <laughs> testing, were they? No, but still. Anyways, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what comes of it. There's a lot of good teams in the East here: um, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston. And uh, we had a friend of the show on, we was listening the other day, Paul Jones there, um, on, on his, uh, his show, uh, Jones and Smith, 1 o'clock uh, during the weekdays on uh, the Fan 590. And he was talking about, you know, uh, the national media and all the pundits about, you know, everybody's kind of bashing the Raptors that they didn't replace Gasol and Ibaka and, and you know, everybody's gotten so much better. I, 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 I kind of agree with, with Jonesy on this one that, I don't think the East has really gotten that much better. Gordon Hayward left the Celtics. Uh, okay, Brooklyn, yeah, they they may be healthy again now. Yeah, Brooklyn and the Hawks got better. Those are the two teams that got better. And 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 I don't think the Raptors got you know let's just say like really worse. But unfortunately, they've lost uh, any chance at getting any of these big fishes. And that's the biggest issue. We just as we are coming on the air right now, we're we're recording right now live. The biggest deal just happened. Yeah, the, Giannis signs the Supermax five years. Right, $228 million. Yep. Right? So so there is no big fish coming to Toronto. So uh, let's face it, folks, this is what we've got. And we are a contender. We're a, uh, let's say, maybe a three through six uh, contender. So I, I don't see us being one, two, uh, where we stand with, with what's, what's in the East right now. We could argue that for sure. But... I, I don't necessarily agree with you guys on that. I, I do think the East has gotten better. I just don't think they've gotten what a lot of people think they've just extended. And they're like so much far ahead. Yeah. Are the Hawks ready to win a championship right now? No. Have the Hawks made themselves um, in the playoff mix? Yes. 
but I think that the, the crucial part for the Raptors, in my mind, comes down to, to two players. You know, you know what you're going to get from from Lowry, steady Eddie. You know what you're getting, for, steady Freddie. Sorry, you know what you're getting from him. It's all to me about what what Pascal Siakam comes out this year, and how much OG Ananobi progresses. Yeah, I know, and they talked about Pascal and, and, and not being a big fan of the bubble, and he just couldn't get settled in. Well, you know, that's a sideshow if if he gets back to where he was in their championship run. So I'll believe it when I see it, uh, because everybody else seemed to perform pretty damn good in the bubble. So I, I'll give it as an excuse, provided he shows us that he's ready to take this team, by him, not by himself, but take the reins and run with it. And before we get into... Um the NFL chat and a little bit of NHL chat because that's what's going to be coming up here in the new year, folks. Uh, Baseball. Oh, Dutch, Dutch, Dutch. Come on now, stay with me here. Stay with me here, Dutch. Well, there's one thing to talk about. I think it's about the only thing because I don't know if a single player of any sort of subsequence has been signed in the last two and a half weeks that we've been talking about this. No, they're waiting on everything to happen. They're waiting to it unfold. The only thing that could maybe happen... uh, Ginges is they may delay it a little bit because after all we're we're hitting this peak right now of COVID and they may delay it a little bit but you know the Cleveland Indians they finally made a decision and you know these things have been popping up you know it happened with football and the Cleveland Indians are finally deciding to change their name do you agree disagree I don't you don't have to answer it like on a political stand but um because not all of them necessarily make sense when you start looking at some of these other teams. Like the Blackhawks announced that they weren't going to change their name because it, their 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 logo and their, their name is is named after somebody that's that was important in their their I want to say in their their heritage and, and I don't know all of it, but they don't want to change it because they it, it's got meaning. The Indians. Mm. Well, I think I think it's the right thing to do to change the name. There's no doubt about that. Um... Have they did they miss the original boat on changing the name? There's no doubt about that. Should they change the name for 2021? No, I, I don't think they need to. Yeah. You, you've you've offended people as they've been saying. You've offended people for 105 yeah. years. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with 106? If you want to properly come out and well, that's a like, business decision, and it's correct. a smart business decision. It's marketing. They want to. They're gonna. They're gonna sell the, the the Indians logo for one more year. Whatever they've got left over in merchandise, they're gonna do what they can to get rid of it and still make a profit off of it, um, and 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 really come out because I don't like what. Washington Football Club going to NFL like that. Really, you're playing the whole season without a a, a, a team name logo. Come on, man. Cleveland's doing the right program all the way around. It just took them a little bit longer, but I think they're doing the right program. Yeah, they're doing what's best for them and for their business. Washington was trying to to go ahead and lead everything up. The NFL played a little bit more hardball than the MLB has in the fact that refusing to sell um, the old team name merchandise and all that stuff uh, well, yeah. you, were, you were kind of and a, forced your and hand major into, sponsors like fedex and company that said no thanks yeah we're, we're gonna pull so that yeah. the, you know they, their hand was forced there there's no doubt about that yeah and i gotta respect i would respectfully disagree on the team name of the washington uh football team because they did try a few names and the names whether they tried truly or not we're never going to know but the names they did try were already patented yeah uh you know they looked at the warriors that was already taken by golden state so I'll, I'll give them a pass, but the same as the Indians, we'll give them one-year pass. And after that, 
get your act together. Let's get a let's get a team name going and let's uh, let's start fresh. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's get off to uh, you know what we, we we took care of some some easy things. Let's let's get to the real meat and potatoes here. Uh, we've got NFL. We've got an amazing special guest. I'm gonna let you get into that, but we'll get into some calamity and commotion as we do. There's some some really cool stories. It was blowout central this week. You know. There was nine double-digit losses, including six by 20 or more. It was it was a, a, a disaster, but yet there were some really cool games. So let's get into calamity and commotion. Yeah, it was a bit of a snooze fest for sure. There was uh, the 1 o'clock window. Even Jim Nance, the, uh, the NFL man himself, uh, chirped the 1 o'clock window, how uh, all the games were, were double digits and, and not really close. But... Let's fire it up with commotion. Let's switch it up a little bit here, Dutch. Washington football with the upset of the week. The Eagles. Actually, sorry. The Eagles with the upset of the week. Washington football club upsetting the 49ers. And Sunday night football, whether Al Michaels was there or not, listeners. Suck it, Al Michaels. Buffalo Bills, baby. That's it. The Buffalo Bills dismantle the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's start with Buffalo. Listen. Championship drive out of half. They, they, they was a chess match to start that first half. Weather was a little bit iffy. I don't know if Buffalo was dunking the balls or not and, and getting those uh, those footballs nice and wet because there's a lot of drop balls by those Pittsburgh Steelers. But um, coming out of half, amazing adjustments. Championship drive, and then and then they close the game off. That that's what world champions do. They are legit. They they have to be considered contenders. There's a couple teams that scare me. We talked off air about it, but. Uh, the game plan was amazing. Sean McDermott has got this team rallying, and the Buffalo Bills, as we keep saying, are for real. Come on. I, I don't know. I can't. There's not too much more than what I, can, what I said last week. Um, it's time. It's time, listeners. If you haven't already, it's time to admit to yourself that Josh Allen is a superstar, and he deserves to be in the MVP conversation. Get, I Listen, I get it. It's a Rodgers and Mahomes. Those are the top two candidates. But you can't name me anybody else other than that in, that should be in that conversation. Well, Russell can, Wilson. Henry. Henry's the only guy. He had, a, he had a big bounce back game, 200 and change. But you're right. You're right. He's in the he's conversation. There. He's there. Just admit he's, it that he's there. He's and there. the Buffalo Bills are here, and they're here to stay. In typical fashion, the Buffalo Bills are going to get a home playoff game if they win the division. They very well might win. And where their record's going right now, they, they may end up having two home games. And there's going to be no fans. Such a shame. Washington. Man, oh man. Riverboat Ron's got them rolling. They've won four in a row. Chase, Long, Chase Young looks like a, a young J.J. Watt. Uh, he's, it's just it's overwhelming how well they're playing. And they got banged up again. They, they didn't have their, their stud running back. Yep. But yet they still uh, managed to take care of business. They got a big game coming up against Seattle this week. It's their division to lose now. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that it's their uh, their division to lose, and and uh, I'm going to keep riding them in in our picks a little bit later on here. But yeah, it, it reminds me of the, the you know that the Giants football team that was nine and seven a few years back that that shocked the world and went on to win it. And I'm not saying that Washington's going to go on right. to win it here, yeah. but what I am saying is is that that front four is is flat out dominant and can surprise teams. You get you get a Seattle or you get somebody like that, that that's caught off guard a little bit. Uh, the Rams, let's say, hey, that front four, that front seven can stop the run. We know what happens when you stop the run against McVay. It it's not so it's always not so pretty. So um, hey, if they keep playing like this defensively, 
whether they're 500 or under 500 going in, when your front four and, and front seven are that dominant, you may find yourself in a football game in the playoffs when nobody thought that you were even supposed to right. be Right, and the big question is, is is the QB situation, obviously, with Alex Smith getting hurt. and Has- Haskins came in reluctantly because clearly uh, that's not been a good uh, situation right from the start. But Haskins came in, and he uh, he – he looked well while he was in there, so good for them. Um, and then it's a shame to see that uh, that the Eagles, with the upset of the week, um, I, I think they're regretting not uh, pulling the trigger a couple weeks earlier. Jalen Hurts comes in, which we, we, we forgot to really get into it last week about it, but Jalen Hurts comes in, um, does a job. The defense does a decent job. We know New Orleans, you know what, with, without Breeze is a, is, a, is a different team. I know they've won a couple games with Taysom Hill there, but... The Eagles look pretty good. They they did, and, and they're they're gonna they're just too far back in that in that division. Yeah, Hertz provides provides the ability to move the pocket and do some things that Carson Wentz just can't do since he blew his knee out. Yeah, and uh, we saw that we saw that he can throw the ball on the run. Uh, he's fairly accurate with it. And yeah, he, he had, didn't have the best stats. He was he was I think seventeen for thirty and you know one hundred and sixty five yards, but. You know, over 100 yards on the ground, right? That's that's huge. It's That definitely helps. And let's call a spade a spade here. We're, we're not going to know truly what this Saints team is until the playoffs. Uh, they've just kind of been limping and plodding along, taking advantage of a pretty easy schedule here, even with Taysom Hill in, and a great defense. They have not been challenged by a top-notch offense until this week. Now this is going to tell me if the Saints are who we thought they were and if they're going to be able to truly challenge for a Super Bowl. They're not going to have Breeze. Okay. But let's see if you can hang with the top class and Patrick Mahomes here uh, this week in a big matchup with who, what you got because I don't think they can. I think I think four points. I don't have them on my card, uh, but I think four points is, is way too low. I, got I think the Chiefs card. I think the Chiefs are gonna blow them out. I agree. And uh, and we're gonna see that the Saints can hang without Drew Brees um, at the helm. I don't think the Saints are Super Bowl contenders. They may win a game or two, but I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. I think they need need Breeze back to be able to even think about uh, a Super Bowl. Well, I got one more commotion. It's not even on our sheet here, but but I'd be, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. And I said this to you last week. Last night's game was wild and was the most entertaining game, which is the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland um, Browns. You and I had a little offside wager, so I'm excited to have my uh, my, my my pound of wings. Pound of wings, yeah. My pound of wings. Come on. As much as it was a it was a it was a wild game up and down and a bit disorganized and penalties flying everywhere, you had to love the offense. You had to love the action. Lamar Jackson just is the old MVP running around just all over the place. He leaves always oh, going down with cramps. Like, come on, buddy, you're a professional athlete. But put some, keep yourself hydrated. All COVID or no COVID doesn't matter to me. I told you this before. The Baltimore Ravens are going to run out. They're going to run the table. They're going to be 11-5, and five, and who the hell wants to play the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs? Cleveland, I love what they can do. I still think Cleveland's going to be a, a, you know, their, their playoff team. They're going to be there, but the Baltimore Ravens, look out. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you can't argue because the schedule is so easy for, for Baltimore coming home. It truly is. But I just can't. I struggle to watch the guy play football. It's it's so sandlot. Uh, I just 
I just don't. I don't enjoy. I didn't enjoy it. I, it was a crazy game. I enjoyed the game, but I just. He just doesn't know where to throw the ball. He gets happy feet and he just runs around. He reminds me a lot of Michael Vick, and it just. I just was shocked that even after halftime, after at one point in the game, he had 16 passing yards and 130 rushing yards. Yeah, and he was sliding all over the place and didn't change his shoes until the second half. If I'm Kevin Stefanski and I'm going in at halftime there, I'm looking at the defensive coordinator because we know Stefanski's an offensive coach, but I'm saying figure out a way to keep him in the pocket. He cannot beat us. And I just don't understand why these teams, I know it, I get it, he's a world-class athlete and sometimes you can't stop it, but dial up the Buffalo Bills game plan from week 14 or 15 last year and figure it out just hem them in the pocket instead they were just blitzing guys from everywhere not containing the edge and just letting them run wild um i just i was shocked that the the defensive game plan from the browns was that poor shouldn't have been even been close because to me that was you stopped one thing in that game and you won that football game easily because the the ravens were not stopping the browns either so and how about Tucker? Just the clutch. I mean, that that man should be getting paid quarterback money. That guy is absolutely unbelievable. He just trots out there, fifty-five yarder in the cold. I mean, the guy's clutch. He is absolute clutch. So, um, trust me. Look out for the Baltimore Ravens. Let's let's get into some Clement. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, we were supposed to finish off here with, uh, I believe, a little Pittsburgh Steelers talk, but this is where uh, Mr. David Todd, I think, has ducked us. It's our first guest that we've uh, been yeah, ghosted by yeah. here. Pittsburgh Steelers uh, uh, talk. Um. All right, Dutch. Um, I just got a text come through here, so I think we got. I think we've got David coming on here. Um, David, are you on the line with us? I am, guys. Good to be with you. Sorry for the uh, the timing mix up. Uh, not uh, a problem at all. Yeah, we thought you were ducking us uh, with uh, with our beloved Bills taking down the Pittsburgh Steelers. We thought you didn't want to come on and talk about it. Yeah, no, we've got to we've got to uh, you know take you guys get to take the pound of flesh out for the strong performance the other night. Yeah, then there's, there's no doubt about that. It um, you know we uh, we got to rub it in when we can because there's been many years of uh, of losing of Buffalo Bills losing football. So. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll do it with class and we'll, we'll move on, but let's give our listeners, David, welcome to the show. Um, CEO, COO of, uh, of playerpager.com. And you'll get into that a little bit later. Yale grad, um, former ESPN drive home with the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Steelers post game, pregame, um, host, you know, pretty impressive resume. What's the, uh, what's the feel like down there with, uh, with Pittsburgh right now with back-to-back losses and kind of licking their wounds, injuries piling up. Give us a feel to our listeners of what it's like in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I got to tell you guys, it is for a team that's at 11 and two, uh, the attitude of the fan base, you'd think they were more like two and 11. It has been a rough two weeks and certainly uh, the offensive performance and the lack of diversity, um, Ben's lack of mobility, the lack of a running game, the lack of push from the offensive line, the drops by the wide receivers. Obviously, there are a litany of things, the play calling, that uh, really have Steeler fans in a tizzy right now. And, you know, look, there are plenty of people here who feel like they may lose out. Now, I think Monday night 
getting the Bengals will probably be the right medicine for them to get back on a, on the winning side of things. But finishing up with Indianapolis and then at Cleveland in week 17, uh, this is a team that certainly looks like it could be heading definitely in the wrong direction going into the playoffs, whereas, you know, they could certainly meet up with the Bills again. Well, listen, uh, you touched on that too. Listen, it's hard for any, any team to play three games in, in 12 days and injuries and no excuses. This is a next, uh, next man up uh, league, which we all know. But why, why have they went on this, this pathway with, with getting rid of traditional Pittsburgh Steelers football and not running the ball? I mean, you look at their wide receiver core, David, and I, I'm sorry, we're not sold on it. I mean, Juju, Washington – Johnson's dropped a ton of balls, and, and, and our homegrown boy, Claypool, who everybody was raving about the last little while, you know, his last three weeks have been sub, uh, subpar, two-catch, three-catch, six-catch games under 50 yards, hasn't been in the end zone. Um, why, why are they going that way? Because we all know Ben just is not mobile. Um, are they going to try and get back to the run game, or what's going to happen here? Look, Mike, Mike gets asked about it every week, and his response is, look, we're, we're aware and we're trying to correct things. Uh, the reality is this is what the Steelers have been since week one. And honestly, if you look at things, it, to me, I was surprised that teams did not come out and do what we saw the Ravens do three weeks ago, the last game the Steelers won, when they came out and played closer to the line of scrimmage. They played more press coverage on the outside. They, they actually had their linebackers step back a step to kind of get in the way of those crossing routes, and they move their safeties up a little bit because Ben has not been throwing the, the intermediate or the deep balls. And as the Redskins said, excuse me, as the Washington Football Club said after the victory that they had last week, they said, look, the Ravens put some things on tape for us. It was there. We saw the blueprint, and we went out and executed. And for, for me, really, the, the I just can't believe more teams didn't figure this out early in the season because – we haven't seen the offensive line get the push they need. And, look, I do think it's a good receiving core, but the Steelers have obviously made a decision. And they made a decision that they're going to put the ball in Ben's hands. And the most important thing coming into the season was, A, to keep Ben healthy, because we all saw the disaster that was last year with Mason and Duck at quarterback. And then, B, we want to cut down on turnovers. And, look, they, they have been able to keep Ben upright. He's been sacked the fewest in the, in the NFL. And they've been able to cut down on the turnovers. But over time, defensive, defenses have realized they can't run the ball. They're not getting the push from the O-line. And they started to cut off these short crossing routes and, uh, and some of the outs. And they, that has really been a problem. And it will be the big question with finally a full week to work this week will be, do we see offensive adjustments? Do we see some variety in the pass routes? Do we see some different play calling, some play action, which has basically not been a, a part of Steeler football at all this season, to kind of get the Bengals off balance and then hopefully set the tone for the last two weeks of the regular season? So so in saying all that, and that's a, an absolute perfect breakdown for, for our listeners, David, but let's, let's keep it simple, and I'll, I'll ask the question flat out to you. Is the Steelers football team good enough to make a deep playoff run? Well, you know, I, I've been skeptical all year, and I've always thought the Chiefs were the best team in the NFL. If the Steelers have to go on the road and play the Browns or play the Bills, 
uh, I would not look at them as a favorite going into those games at, with the Steeler team as it is now. Look, they, they got a couple guys back offensively, Connor and Pouncey last week. That's helpful. They'll get a couple guys back defensively over the next – they'll get Hayden back this week. They'll get Spillane and uh, Vince Williams back over the next two weeks. That will also be helpful. And I do think this defense is as good as any in the NFL. But my, my real concern is on the offensive side of the ball – and that this defense is going to have to keep teams under 20 points, which, look, you know, they did that to the Bills. They gave up seven points when Ben threw the pick six, but the defense in the first half was outstanding. But to have a deep playoff run, this offense is going to have to play better. And, and you know, the standings and, and the schedule, you know, you, you don't choose your schedule. So, you know what, we, we know they've had an easy schedule. These last three weeks are going to be crucial for them. So, you know, hypothetically, they, they go two and one to finish and finish at – um, I believe that would be 13 and three. And yeah. Well, if they go two and one, it'll be 13. Yeah. And four. yeah. So, yeah, so exactly. So either way, and, and let's say they have a, a one and done exit. Is this, is this the end of, of big Ben? Uh, I know I saw on your, uh, on your Twitter feed, you, you talked about a potential and we loved it. We were actually talking about it off air. Why not a kid like uh, Matthew Stafford? He's 32. He needs to change the scenery. Is this, is this, the end for Big Ben? Well, the, the only way it's the end for Ben is that it's mutually agreed upon between the Steelers, the Rooney family, and Ben that, look, it's uh, it's been a great run and I'm going to retire because he's, he's, he's due $30 million next year. And there's just no way in today's NFL, particularly with the setback and the, the cut and the cap that we're going to see next season, that the Steelers can do anything with Ben if he doesn't agree to some kind of contract mitigation or retire. So, but if we put that aside and say that happened, then I think there are certainly, you know, opportunities. And Stafford is exactly the kind of big, big arm, mobile type of quarterback who, you know, maybe the Lions want to move on with a high pick this year at the quarterback position that I think would fit in great with the Steelers. But, you know, obviously I don't think that's a likely scenario, but it would be an entertaining scenario. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, and and that kind of segues nice into into my next question is is how important you know it, like you said it, it, with with Big Ben and, and the twenty twenty one season, but how important is it for the Steelers organization, uh, Mike Tomlin moving forward as a coach? Uh, is that twenty twenty one season that you know you got some big name um, big names maybe leaving or potentially being re-signed. Is that kind of the year for the Steelers to, when Ben walks out the door possibly in 2021, to retool and really kind of set themselves up for the next five to seven years? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And it's the right question. You know, if we had had this conversation halfway through the season, I was spouting that Ben would be the quarterback in 2022. And obviously Mike Tomlin's going to be the head coach for the foreseeable future. And I think the play that we've seen over the last couple of weeks certainly uh, brings that front and center. So the Steelers do have, you know, they, they signed Cam Hayward to a big contract in the offseason, but they are going to have issues this offseason. Juju, James Conner, lots of other guys are going to be questionable. They may have to let some, they may have to cut some veterans to get uh, cap compliant. So it is going to be a very interesting offseason. And I think the direction they go will obviously depend, you know, A, how do the next – six weeks of the season go and B what's the deal with Ben? because you know, that, that contract, as we know in the NFL, these quarterback contracts uh, drive a lot of what you can and cannot do. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that. 
Uh, we'll get you a couple more questions here, David, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll let you go. I had a, a question. Um, who's your, who's your dark horse? Who do you like in this in the AFC or in the NFC here? Uh, a team that maybe the national pundits aren't talking about um, that's flying under the radar that you think can cause some damage, maybe pull an upset or two, um, and make a little bit of a run as a surprise dark horse team. Well, I, I do think the teams we saw on national television the, the, the past couple of nights are teams to worry about. I think the Bills are a really dangerous team. Um, you know, look, they're, they're good on both sides of the ball. Uh, Josh Allen's, uh, I think, proven that he is, if not not because of uh, – just he hasn't done it long enough to maybe be considered an elite quarterback, but he's done it well enough this year to be considered a very good quarterback who could have the Bills take a deep playoff run. Lamar Jackson – is such a wild card. I don't think he's a guy that can take you to a Super Bowl, but, man, did he look good the other night. And I, I do think the Browns, you know, look, you look at the, the AFC, I do think the Browns are an interesting team. Now, that defense has been decimated by the Ravens twice and by the Steelers, but that offense finally looks like it's getting stuff together. So I think the AFC is very interesting, obviously all behind the Chiefs. I mean, I just think the Chiefs are the class of the league for sure. And the NFC – uh, I was disappointed with what I saw from the Saints uh, this past weekend, but you know, with Drew Brees, I do think they are the class in the NFC. I think the uh, the wild card team there, I think, would be the Rams, and you know, they've that's been a battle in that uh, that Western Division all season long. You've got four very good teams; they've been up and down at various times, but uh, the Rams would be a bit of a dark horse coming out of it. You know, they've been there. Uh, two years ago, and I think they'd be a bit of a dark horse coming out of the NFC. Yeah, I've been our favorite division. We've been talking about with the Rams, and we've uh, re- been pushing them the last couple of weeks. And, and you're right, the AFC is, is has to go through the Chiefs. So uh, great insight there. Listen, before we let you go, David, um, you know, one of the things that popped up was, uh, you know, being the chief operating officer of Player Patriot. Tell us what it's all about, because we don't have such a thing down, uh, uh, I should say, here in Canada. So tell us what it's all about. And yeah, it's just a, a platform that a buddy and I uh, started a couple of years ago, and it's designed to be a it's, a, it's a mobile app that's free. It's designed for high school athletes, and it's a place where they can put all their videos and photos from their athletic career. And the point is, you know, for some of these kids who have um, higher aspirations of maybe playing in college or getting a college scholarship, rather than having to put together their own videotape or compile a bunch of things on a disc or send a bunch of photos and stuff, you can put everything in one uh, location, have it on the app, and then share it off-platform with somebody. Or just a few, uh, you know, I played sports in college and in a variety of different places afterward, and, I don't have a place to, to kind of archive everything in one place, and this is a place that uh, that you can do that. And then we have some content that we provide that uh, is, is designed to help kids maximize their potential. So it's a, a free platform that uh, that they can use. Unfortunately, I'm not sure it's, it's uh, easy to access from, from Canada, but it's available in the App Store, so you can check it out if you get a chance. Well, maybe we'll piggyback and we'll uh, we'll we'll get you down here and we'll get it figured out for Canada. So that's great stuff. Amazing, David. Um, great insight on the Pittsburgh Steelers and and the rest of the NFL there. To all of our listeners, um, make sure you're following David on Twitter at David M Todd. Um, thanks again for coming on. Merry Christmas to you and your family and, and extend it out. And uh, appreciate your time, David. Hey, same to you guys. Thanks so much for having me and uh, good luck to the Bills and the Plows. And I hope we get the chance to chat again. What a great interview with Mr. David Todd. 
some great Steelers and NFL breakdown. Can't get any better than that. So let's flip over now into uh, a little bit of calamity. And how can we not start the calamity with Mr. Dan Bailey. So the last time we're talking about the Minnesota Vikings this year. Oh, yeah, it's our last podcast, so it's okay. I'm going to get away with it. How can you not start with Dan Bailey? He cost me my fantasy football. Well, no, not quite, but pretty close he did. And he cost the Vikings a playoff uh, chance. Yep. Because they're pretty much done right now. You know, let's, why don't we call up, uh, what's her name? Sarah Fuller. Let's see if we can get her, her to come out. And, uh, is that she, her name? That's her name, and yeah. she definitely would have kicked better than Dan, Dan Bailey did Just, on Sunday. That was an absolute even, disgrace. We even had our, one of, our, one of our, 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 our closest friends in, uh, in the Burke family, and uh, Antonia Burke watched NFL football for the first time almost the whole day, and she was even messaging on Facebook and all the social media sites about Dan Bailey. Oh, my God. Who are you? What are you doing? It's a shame. They actually started uh, working out some kickers. I don't know what to do. He, he's, he's been absolutely... Uh, horrendous? Horrendous this year. You know, he's, he's 12 for 18. He's missed four extra points. There's just no excuse. It's a cutthroat position. Caught him. Move on. Plain and simple. Agreed. Agreed. And you know who else is going to get cut onto our next team? Because I'll cut it off. I'll rip it off like a Band-Aid there. That's the end in 2020 of the Minnesota Vikings and Ginger and Dutch. But... Cam Newton should be cut. I'm going on record right now. Cam Newton will not be playing football in the NFL, folks, in 2021. This is the end of Cam Newton. Let me just go over because I can't agree more. Let me just go over this. Ready? Last three games. This is, right, folks, I'm not making this shit up. This is the NFL in a quarterback league. Are you ready for this? Nine for 16 for 119 yards. 12 for 19 for 70 yards. And 9 for 18 for 84 yards. And you are a quarterback. Are you kidding me? Bye-bye, Cam. Superman is dead. Superman, what a great way to put it. That'll be the end of Cam Newton. And the Chicago Bears hang it on. Can you believe the Bears? Houston, Chicago, come on. Come on. It was a blowout. A blowout in the opposite way. And, and yeah, that was a sucky pick that I made, which I'll have you know, because I know you're going to beat me down here on these picks again. But I did, which we'll talk, I did have a, an ap- absolutely epic week, except for on the G&D podcast yet again. And I can't, I'm not making that up either, folks. Uh, I, I'll vouch for you there. I'll vouch for you there. I did see, uh, did see your account on, on uh, Sports Interaction there or Bet365, whatever yeah, whatever yeah. company you use there. But great segue over into our picks. we gotta, we got to give uh, one, last sh- one last go here with our picks. Um, as we take our little two-week break, Christmas holidays here, Dutch, and we, we return in the new year, let's, let's give her one last go here. Yeah, we were both one and two last week, which, uh, which gets us, you know what, we, we have some work to do. There's only three weeks left in the season. But we can still get we above that 500 above mark. We can still get above 500. We're, we're 30, only... 37, 43, and 4, so we're a few games back. But um, in fairness to our year-long picks, which we do every single one, we are actually just uh, above 500, yours and mine combined, which is quite nice in a, when you're picking every single game. That's right. So let me start first. I, I'm loving my picks. I'm, I got a little theme to my picks here. Okay. I'm calling it East versus West. I love and it. we're going to start with the Washington football team getting six points home to the beat up, banged up offensive line of the Seattle 
Seahawks. Chase Young is going to be chasing down Russell Wilson all Sunday afternoon. The Seahawks' offensive line is in shambles. It's been that way all year. We know how dominant Washington's front four is. I'm just hopeful that Russell Wilson can get through this game. I love it. I love and it. I'm taking Washington plus six at home, the home dog. I'm also riding the Hurt train. Come on the train and ride it. And we're riding Jalen Hurts plus six and a half, I believe. Some lines are seven, but I like this one so much that we'll keep it at six and a half against, in the bird game against the Arizona Cardinals. I'll take the touch t- the touchdown. Never been a believer in those Cardinals, eh? So no, yeah, night yeah. from the start, that's I've okay. never believed. That's okay. And the Monday night game, I think it's back to a regular preparation week. I think the Sunday night locks hit home with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they're beat up and banged up on defense, but Cincinnati doesn't have much offensively right now uh, with their quarterback situation. I think that the Steelers turn it over a couple times. I see a 34-17 27-10 type of game, and the Pittsburgh Steelers cover 12.5 points on Monday night. Ah, you know what, I love it, and, and, I, and I have them as well, so uh, we'll start with them. I, I'm, I'm happy to lay the 13 points, and it's a bounce-back game. I think it's a blowout. Uh, Pittsburgh had a real tough go, as we, uh, as, we, um, as we saw, right? Three games in 12 days. Yep. Um, some injuries piling up, but... It's a bounce-back game. Uh, I think they win easily. I'm going Miami Dolphins. I like this pick. Big, big, big division game. Finally a chance to, to, to knock off, to, to not knock off, but to completely eliminate the New England Patriots. My only worry is, is if, if Stidham does start, maybe that game might be a little tougher. But I just like Miami's makeup. I like the defense. I'll, I'll take them at minus 2.5. So I'm taking the Miami Dolphins. I like it. And lastly, um, you said it: uh, the Saints and the the Saints and the Chiefs. I just think minus three. I just think three points. Uh, really, for the for the twelve and one Kansas City Chiefs, Drew Brees or no Drew Brees, um, if he does come back, he's going to be a tiny bit rusty. Kansas City's going to you know seven to ten easy on on that game. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go six and zero oh this week. Why don't you take us to break, my friend? You got it, listeners. Make sure you're following us on all the social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Ginger and Dutch One. We've got the 12 Days of Ginger and Dutch coming up with some of our best and greatest of season one here. When we get back from break, we're going to go straight into the interview with our NHL, OHL special guest, been in the business for 30-plus years, Mr. Rod Mahood, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Real life passion for real life sports. If you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. So welcome to Ginger and Dutch. You're listening to another episode of Excellence by Ginger and Dutch. Dutch, Dutch, help me out here. Can you get the car door there for me? Yeah, yeah, man. Hold on a minute. Oh, I got some breakfast here, man. It's breakfast of champions. Try this. What the hell is that? Buddy, that is way too greasy. If you spill it all over my car, it still help me. Keep your greasy paws off it. Just keep it off my stuff. Dutch, Dutch, I'm suspecting a little bit of hostility here. You know, hostility's a sign of immaturity. Yeah, suck it. Immaturity. Just keep your greasy paws off my stuff, goddammit. 
if Ginger ever learns to eat properly, you'll be listening to our podcast, where Starsky and Hutch are no longer, and it's now Ginger and Dutch. We interrupt this podcast for an important service announcement. Ginger here. Ho, ho, ho. We want to say thank you very much for a great season one. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Callaway Golf, Maui Gym, and many more to come. Thanks to all of our followers along on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for following along our weekly challenges and our updates on our weekly releases of our episodes. And you got Dutch here. Of course, thank you very much to all of our special guests. It wouldn't be a successful podcast without you. We appreciate everything. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year from the gym. All right, listeners, welcome back from break. Hope you enjoyed a little segment there from the Ginger and Dutch podcast. And uh, we're going to go right into our special guest, Rod Mahood, lifelong Niagara native, worked in all three media types, radio, TV, print, former Fox Sports coverage of the Buffalo Bills and Sabres for NBC Sports, Niagara Ice Dogs, and River Lions announcer. Rod, you on the line with us there? I am indeed, guys. Hey, thanks for coming on. We're, uh, we're excited to talk some NHL. It's around the corner here, and let's, uh, let's hope they can get things started uh, real soon. So we're going to pick your brain a little bit about the OHL. Ginger, you want to start us off here? Yeah. Um, Rod, what, give our listeners a feel for, for what you're hearing on your end. We know that um, the, you know, they had the December 1st kind of statement and deadline with the 40-game season. What's the latest you're hearing uh, from your end in regards to uh, the return to play for the OHL or even if it's going to happen? Well, as far as I know, and most people are saying, but as, as you guys know, logistically here with COVID and the border situation with the three American teams, no one knows for sure. But it, the February 4th is the new date. Uh, the World Juniors will obviously be in the books. And there's a lot of, um, I guess you could say, European players right now, including uh, the Niagara Ice Dogs pick that's playing in the USHL, the United States Hockey League. So some of the OHL players, just like some of the NHL teams, have let some of the young talent go play overseas where body checking is allowed. And, of course, cleared that with some of the NHL teams as well. But it's an interesting situation, of course, with the border situation and and just, just fans in general. But I think the big one, and I had a chance to speak with Akil Thomas, who you guys are, are well aware of, and Akil's playing over. In, in Germany right now yep. for the LA Kings affiliate over there yep. but he says hockey especially at that level because they're going to make the jump some of them uh, two or three months down the road and with no checking it's just going to be an interesting dynamic to say the least so let's hope uh, once the calendar turns and we can all forget about 2020 and 2021 has arrived uh, more things will get ironed out and we'll see if, if body checking is allowed but I think that's the most interesting aspect for sure when it comes to on ice product when to the body check-in point to rod how much is this going to change the game in in your mind you know are we gonna are you guys is there going to be an influx of skilled players or are these general managers and assistant general managers at the ohl level are they going to reevaluate their rosters and maybe take a couple kids that they had never thought of taking them before or take a risk on somebody that they feel might fit that non-body checking game well, I think two things to think of that. If that happens, indeed, if the league does start with no body checking, that'll obviously bring a whole new 
aspect and dynamic to players, but I think we've seen that, and you guys can both appreciate 10 or 15 years ago, and, I, and I've had some scouts on locally on, on my show here in Niagara just discuss how things have changed. Some of the players that were drafted here in 2020 would not have been drafted in 2010. It's just a new game. It's a new world, and speed and skill and, and, and skating is, is such uh, an important intangible now that, uh, that, that that's what scouts look at. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and I, I want to flip to the World Juniors real quickly. And, um, you know, they obviously have to play. It, it makes total sense. I mean, Edmonton's uh, gearing up and, and that's where, where the, the last big hub was. And um, lots of things happening with, do you agree or disagree with, uh, you know, the NHL holding some of these guys back? And obviously, you know, Alexi Lafreniere's not, uh, not going and a couple other uh, big names that aren't going to be playing. Um, and then a follow-up on that is, Am I wrong? Is there going to be no body checking in the World Juniors as well? No, body checking is going to be in the World Juniors as far as I know. No fans, which will be a completely different aspect, especially just with the how rowdy things get on this side of the border when World Juniors come. But the other interesting fact that I did not know, as of now, and I think it's, it's, it's pretty well stated, no scouts in the building. So this brings a whole new you know thing to hockey that, that everything is going to be done through video because yeah. you can imagine they're just rammed with scouts the world juniors and, and no scouts are allowed in the building wow. uh, but there is body checking uh and that's why obviously team canada had to quarantine for a couple of uh, a couple of weeks when they had the positive covid cases team sweden their entire coaching staff i know daniel albertson and his brother we're trying to take over the team because the entire team, Sweden coaching staff, tested positive for COVID. So because it was so close to the start date, they were not allowed to come over. So Team Sweden had to address that. And I don't even know if they finalized their, their entire coaching staff yet. That's crazy. Now, do you, you know, I, I, the follow-up was, do you, do you agree with, you know, you know, the Rangers? you agree with these, these NHL teams not allowing some of their, their kids to go? Or what's your feeling on that? And I see the argument for both points. When you're dealing with with a player that can absolutely turn a franchise away and, and, and around Alex Lafreniere with the Rangers, you know, you'd like to see him in the red and white, but they know that this is their their piece of the puzzle potentially to get to that next level, to bring back a cup to Broadway over the next 10 to 15 years, and they don't want to take a chance that he can get injured. Uh, I, I see both sides uh, as a selfish Canadian world junior fan. Uh, I would like to see Lafreniere obviously donning the red and white jersey, but I totally respect the blue shirts when in saying he can't play. Yeah, and it, it's. Do you think the timing of the NHL season and, and Dutch and I were talking off air? Do you think that plays into it, Rod? About you know, typically we would be into a season, and some of these kids would be able to play you know their six, seven, eight, nine games, and they would get a good look at them at the NHL level, and then they would send them down, and they would they would play with the OHL teams and then they would kind of go off to the World Juniors in a in a kind of traditional year as this year we're right around the corner from of a potential restart for the NHL uh, how much of a factor do you think that had uh, into that decision very good point guys because exactly these NHL teams have not seen them I mean they've had some unofficial skates uh, practice wise but they have not seen some of these top picks uh, in game action even exhibition 
even inner squad, obviously amongst their teams. So you're, you're probably right. If it was a traditional season where they they could get in their their minimum amount of games and, and maybe play and then decide, you know what, it's okay if Alex goes. Yeah, you're, you guys are probably exactly right in that. Just the fact that they have not seen these guys in any game action and they don't want them uh, to go in and potentially and and hopefully not, but potentially get injured. Yeah, and Canada still has to be the the clear cut favorites based on uh, everything that we're seeing. Uh, next closest might be uh, the United States, but um, it, it's going to be exciting. We've been uh, we've been a, we've already missing hockey, so uh, can't wait to watch it. Starts on Christmas, so we're we're getting excited about it. Um, real quickly, NHL talk. Um, you know, do you think they're going to start on time? Uh, you can already see some of the guys coming from overseas. You know, we heard. Uh, Big Bad Joe uh, is coming back. These guys are coming back. They're starting to, you know, do their self-quarantines, even though the, the government's, you know, saying that they're going to exempt some of these guys. Um, do you think January 13th is going to, we're going to make this on time? I think two big things have come down in the last uh, couple of weeks here in terms of, of terms of NHL. One of them being the division realignment. And I'm sure you guys have discussed this whole Canadian division. I think it's going to be awesome, yep. uh, great for the game, and it's going to bring some rivalries back, and we're going to see some fun things. One thing that came from that was, was the fact that a couple of the owners have now said, wait a minute, I don't like where we are aligned. Right. And, and you, you look over those four proposed divisions, there's a couple of interesting, I, I think of St. Louis, Detroit's always, because Detroit obviously always kind of gets the short end of the stick being in the, in the, in the West now. Yep. But there's a couple of teams uh, that you can see where maybe they're saying, I don't want that. The other thing that, that I think is a positive that makes me think they are going to start, they've swept aside the whole CBA financials. We're not going to talk money anymore. We want to get back on the ice. We know we have to do this as a league. And as the teams, so that made me think, because I think that was going to be the biggest the stumbling block, was going to be money and trying to get the players to take a bigger a bigger cut, which they already agreed to back in July with this, when the CBA was negotiated. But I think, uh, I think they know, the players, the owners know that they cannot afford to sit out, lock out, whatever you want to call it, uh, another season. Well, that's, a, that's a good point. And, and, you know, Bettman's made it pretty clear that he plans on 2022 starting on time and being back to normal. So that, that's a that's a great point. I know they were also considering, uh, you know, a few hub cities if this gets worse. Like we're 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 at the tip of the the iceberg here with uh, with the, with COVID and and it, you know it, we're right at the, it's going to be right at its peak when when NHL is supposed to start. So let's hope we can get started on time for sure. Um, I, I wanted to, to to touch on the you know the shortened season. If they're only going to have you know a 50 game season, do you? You know, Ginger and I were talking about this. Do you think that this this one point, the only the only big sport, the sporting, uh, I should say, besides soccer, but that that extra single point? Do you think that that um, it's going to really hurt these guys with a shortened season? I mean, you you already lose guys in uh, in November. You already lose teams. They're already they're already out of the playoffs by then. Yeah, that's been a, it, 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 all of this goes to, and again, we can we can fast forward and say there's going to be an asterisk beside this season, whatever happens, standing wise. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the whole the whole debate regarding points for games in NHL, and he just mentioned soccer, is the history of it, is the standings. Uh, we we know what soccer does: three for a win, one for a tie. That's been debated, but I think just because of histories in the record books, the NHL will not do it. Um, yeah, there, there probably is some teams that are, and it's interesting, the NHL has allowed the teams that were out of the playoffs that didn't get to play in the bubble this past summer are allowed to start training camp a little early. Um, and again, getting the players over in quarantine uh, to, for 14 days. But I think that debate 
will continue and maybe maybe uh again funnier things have happened but maybe 2020 with because of everything that's happened there'll be more debate and, and more change coming uh to the sports world as we know it Rod, we'd be uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, you being a Niagara native and and uh, you know Sabers and Bills fan. We'd be remiss if we didn't bring that up. I want to get to your Sabers first. All the all the all the pieces are on paper. You know Taylor Hall coming to town now. You got Eichel. You got Skinner. You got Victor Olafson. Um, you know you still got some question marks in net. You know, as every Sabres fan says at the start of every year, is this the year the Sabres can, you know, make the playoffs and maybe win a round or or make a playoff run? Or is this this the same old Sabres squad and and we're just going to go down this road for a couple more years until we see the next rebuild or the next regime uh, come in and have to overhaul it again? I'm going to say one word to you guys, and and it might be overused or, or cliche in sports but until culture changes in Buffalo in that dressing room and we've seen it with the Bills now with Sean McDermott and, and I hope with the new brass now in charge in Buffalo that culture change that culture shift's going to happen but you, you saw the rumors with, with Jack Eichel's agent saying that you know he's not happy there uh, maybe he wants out was he or was he on the trading block? Obviously, Kevin Adams and the new brass there in Buffalo have gone out and made those additions. And you, you said it. The biggest question mark for the Buffalo Sabres is between the pipes. Uh, and and it's, it's been that since Ryan Miller and, and Dominic Hasek and maybe a little bit in Martin Biron when you go back. But uh, that's, that's the biggest question mark to me. Uh, I, I think it wouldn't surprise me that Kevin Adams tries to uh, turn the trick on a trade for a netminder before, again, maybe the, the new self-imposed trade deadline with this uh, COVID season coming up. Well, it's just as long as the Toronto Maple Leafs continue to beat the Sabres. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even in the last couple of years with Buffalo so bad, they've always uh, – they usually – uh, play the blue and white pretty pretty well. They they do, and it's always fun. I've been down to many games. Uh, um, the Buffalo fans are gracious enough to give us tickets to go down because we can never go to Toronto for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so it's always exciting on that. Yeah. And Rod, your Bills. What? Uh, how excited are you about uh, your beloved Bills? Jeez, you know what? Uh, as a as a season ticket holder, when as a teenager, and then getting to cover the team for uh, for twenty plus years now, and, and again. Of course, the year that the media can't get in, um, <laughs> yeah. and we can't get over the border, obviously, to cover them. This might be might be a special year, uh, especially the last couple of games you've seen. There's been question marks. I going into the season still wondered if Josh Allen was the answer. Uh, he's answered his critics, and it, it just shows you again just the chemistry they have on the field. I still have some question marks defensively, which is surprising because the Bills the last few years defense has been their their bread and butter with Sean McDermott. Uh, but their team now and the offense can consistently score 30 points a game, and that's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, we're excited, no doubt. We're excited. It is a shame, you know, especially watching uh, the the game last night, uh, the Cleveland and Baltimore game with all the fans in there. Even though they're the state's in a curfew, but yet they can go to the stadium and watch a game. But, but yet, uh, Buffalo, we're gonna we're gonna miss one, maybe two potential playoff uh, home games, which we've been uh, itching for for a long time. So, 
Rod, before yeah. we uh, before we let you go here, um, let let our listeners in on a, a little, little bit of the background. What's you know you've been in this business for uh, for a long time, and like I, I said when we, we brought you on, you've been in all three mediums of of uh, sports media. Which one did you enjoy the most? Was it the radio? Was it the TV? Was it the print? Um, which give our listeners a little background there, and and let us know about your career and and what you enjoyed the most about them. Yeah, you guys will you guys will probably enjoy this because we're talking on a podcast right now. But I always say radio is my favorite. It's theater of the mind. You can you can pick up and put down a piece of print or a, or a magazine, and you know go back to it. Radio, it's it's immediacy. It's uh, it's selling it. It's it's picturing it in your mind. I did the TV thing in Toronto? Worked for the Score. Started way back. Believe it or not. To, speaking of Niagara, my first announcing gig was at. Uh, was at Marine Land. I got to swim with the the whales and dolphins, but we won't get Peter too upset. We won't get Peter too upset on this podcast. Um, and then I just got St. Catherine Stompers, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays single A affiliate. Vernon Wells started his baseball career in St. Catharines. Carlos Delgado, people don't realize this, started his baseball career in the Blue Jays organization as a catcher with the St. Catharines Blue Jays. Michael Young, uh, some great players uh, of Blue Jays uh, folklore have all started their careers here in Tegas. Of course, they don't have the team now, but uh, that was my first announcing sports gig and uh, did the radio thing in Toronto, did the TV thing in Toronto, and then came back about 2009 to here in Niagara. And, uh, yeah, with the Ice Dogs and the River Lions, and there's an IBL baseball team, the Well and Jackfish. So I get to do a lot, and, and, I, and I say it's good because I get to do features still where I can write and get a little bit more in depth about someone whereas a radio report sometimes is a minute 15 and uh, the television thing do a little bit of TV still here and a little bit of TV uh, it, when when the borders open over in Buffalo but uh, yeah I think radio is uh, is my first uh, love I just remember and I still do I go to I go to bed at night and wake up in the morning with AM sports talk on and uh, enjoy it yeah awesome, awesome. Well, let our listeners know where they can find your show uh, in the Niagara area and, and flip it on. Where where can we find you, Rod? What, uh... yeah, I Heart Radio, Bell Media, News Talk 610 CKTV. My show runs live every Sunday morning from 9 to 10, repeats Monday nights, and uh, I do sports uh, on CKTV Monday to Friday uh, 10 times a day. Great, great stuff. Rod, we, uh, we certainly appreciate you coming on to the Ginger and Dutch podcast. Uh, all the best uh, over the holiday season. Stay safe, my friend, and uh, uh, once again, thanks for coming on. G&D, all the best guys. I appreciate it too. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and yours. Right on. You take care now. Dutch, what a what a great interview. Great guy. Rod Mahood, been in the business for 30 years, all the avenues, seen it all, been there, done that with everything. Um, yeah, just we've been down act. to a couple Ice Dogs games too, so it's nice to uh, um, to actually have a good chat with him, and he's a wealth of knowledge with with plenty of different sports and what a great way to uh to finish off the year and uh and a successful um season one for uh for D. what do you think yeah i think uh you know your contract negotiations are uh we're deep in contract negotiations here yeah, for yeah. for season two but i think i've got you landed for a little while at least but um no it's been a wild ride uh who would have ever thought like a few of the listeners have reached out and said to us uh you know, two guys working out of Mama's basement uh, that we could have landed some of the guests that we've uh, that we've landed, and it's been uh, been an absolute hoot. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a blast, and uh, I appreciate all your uh, your hard work and efforts, and and let's make sure we uh, we embarrass ourselves with our picks all the way up till the end of the season, and uh, we'll catch everybody in the new year. Uh, happy holidays to everyone, and uh, make sure you guys all stay safe.
For sure. Make sure you're following along as well all holiday season long with the 12 Days of Ginger and Dutch. If you missed anything, you can always go back on all the platforms and listen to any of our 36 episodes that we have in Season 1. And don't be afraid to give us a review on Apple Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed Season 1 from Ginger and Dutch. Happy Holidays. And thanks for tuning in to the Ginger and Dutch Podcast. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch.